what took me years and years and years to fully understand. You can get your mind wrapped around this, really, man, if you really focus. Within three days, if 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 you're a little slow, it might take you a couple of weeks. Okay, but now listen to me. What what I'm gonna share with you took me years and years and years to really understand it. But if you can wrap your mind around it, you can grasp this concept and and master it in three days. Like you said, if you're a little slow, if you need a little extra convincing, is what I mean by that. Then probably a couple of weeks. And then the rest of you just won't get this at all. And I understand that. There's a scripture that says the poor will always be amongst us. And you know why I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I think he covered all the grounds in the Bible. And I think one of the reasons he put that in there was because he knew in a lot of people's shortcomings and the way they were going to think they, that, they, that they weren't going to buy into the belief system. That they wouldn't go buy into the fact that if he came, he came to give you life more abundantly. That they weren't going to buy into the fact that miracles can happen for them too. They're not going to buy into the fact that if, that if, that these people with these wonderful lives, that that can apply to them. I think God knew that. I'm not saying I know that, but I think that scripture in there, the poor will always be amongst us. It's because it, I just, I, I don't know, man, maybe he knew all of us wasn't going to believe. All of us wasn't going to receive. And all of us wasn't going to think it was possible. So maybe it's in there for that. But he covers everything. Now, here's here's the thing that took me a long time to wrap my mind around. It is the concept of gratitude. All right. Let me tell you what 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 what, what, what I come to came to the understanding. So you can begin the process today. Gratitude and the lack of of it. Okay, you listening? Gratitude and the lack of it is one of the biggest blessing blockers there is. Man, did you, do you listen to me? It took me years and years and years to come to this realization. I'm going to give it to you. And if you're smart, you can really wrap your mind around this thing in a matter of days if you focus on it. And in two weeks, you could have this thing mastered. But gratitude and the lack of it is one of the biggest blessing blockers there is. Now, gratitude is just what it is. It's being thankful or grateful for something or someone and and, and some event that's an occurrence in your life. It's just having the overall attitude of gratefulness. Thankfulness, thankfulness, gratitude for what you have. If you can become extremely grateful and thankful for what you have, you then open up the lanes for you to receive more. But your lack of gratitude sometimes and our lack of gratitude causes the blessings that could flow our way to be blocked. Here's how you block your blessings. This the cold part, man. Here's the part that I didn't get. If you are not thankful for what you have, if you are not grateful for what you have, 
Why? This is just common sense now. Why would God give you some more stuff for you then not to be grateful, thankful, and appreciative of? Why would he do that? It does not make any sense. It goes against him. It goes against the law of attraction. It goes against everything that makes sense. You cannot push away something and attract it. It it don't work. You either pushing or you pulling. You either giving or you receiving. Which one you doing here? You either running your mouth or you quiet. Humming, humming counts as, humming doesn't count as quiet. Well, I close my mouth and I hum. That don't count as quiet. See, so stop looking for the loopholes. The lack of gratitude is one of the biggest blessing blockers that there is. Man, why would God give you some more stuff to not be grateful for? Have you ever just looked at it that way? Maybe you don't have any more than you have because you're not really, really thankful and appreciative or show gratitude for what you have had or what you do have. Now, you're sitting out there saying, okay, well, how do you do that, Steve, when you don't have all you want? How do you show gratitude when you don't have all you want? This is very simple. You show the gratitude, the appreciation, and the thankfulness, not for what you want, for what you have. Then if you really master the concept, when you ask God for something, you thank him in advance for sending it to you so you can sit over here and have a cold ability to receive. Man, this thing is not a magic trick. It's a mental adjustment that we have to make in order to get where we want. Look, man, the lack of gratitude is one of the biggest blessing blockers that there is. Think about it for a second. Think about if you don't have all you want, when the last time you thanked him for all you have, I mean really took inventory of your life and really thanked him for the ability to speak your mind. Walking, healing, for friendship, for your family, for keeping angels camped around you, for watching over your children, for your parents still being here. Man, for even having a parents, even if you lost them, for the things they taught you. For being able to see the sun every day. It's cats locked away, man, don't even get to see the sun. You ain't, you ain't even grateful for that. But then if you locked away, ain't you grateful that you still here? Come on, man. Everybody got something to be grateful for because all the dirt I did, I should be in a worse position than I am. But even if you locked up all you did, you could be worse off now. Think about it. Everybody got something to be grateful for. But if you in that old woe is me mindset, the old Lord, I just can't seem to get it together. These bills keep coming. Yeah, they keep coming because you keep attracting them. Lord, Lord, I'm so sick of this day. Lord, help me get out of debt. Well, you just attracted some more debt to get out of. You keep speaking stuff out into space in the universe. And you keep speaking stuff into existence in your life. I can't ever seem to find a, all men as dogs. Well, here come another one. 
I can't find nobody to treat me right. Here come another one that ain't going to treat you right. When you going to change the way you think? When do you? When will we change the way we put out what we put out into space? Man, the lack of gratitude is one of the biggest blessing blockers that there is. Man, you've got to show gratitude for every little thing you have. Man, the homeless man under the bridge got to be thankful if he get a box to shield him from the wind sometime. But if not, there you'll stay. I'm sorry, man. This ain't Steve, you know, coming up with no, this why you over here. You are why you, where you are because you thought yourself there. You thought yourself there. You attracted things to you. You didn't listen. We don't listen to God. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I could be further along. The poor pessimist leads an ugly life. Pessimism, the deadly disease of always looking on the bad side, the problem side, the difficult side, checking all the reasons why it can't be done. He doesn't try to figure out what's right. He tries to figure out what's wrong. He doesn't look for virtue. He looks for faults. And when he finds them, he's delighted. How ugly. This is the poor guy looks through the window, doesn't see the sunset. He sees the specks on the window. There's a war going on. Good versus evil. Light against darkness. Truth against lies. I'm talking about the war in your head. That person that's holding you back. That person that's bringing you down. That person is you. The problem is not external, it's internal. You're looking through a tainted filter. At some point, we have to look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm the one that needs to change. Maybe I've developed a habit of seeing what's wrong rather than what's right. Maybe I've trained myself to be negative, disrespectful, hard to get along with. That's why it's so important every morning to put on this fresh new attitude. I'm excited about this day. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I'm grateful for this job. I'm not focusing on what's wrong. Lord, I want to thank you for what's right in my life. How do you build the good life? It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Here's how you build anything. Select the right ingredients. Keep out the wrong ingredients, and it starts with thought. Your life is your life. Don't let it be clubbed into dank submission. Be on the watch. There are ways out. There is a light somewhere. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Be on the watch. The gods will offer you chances. Know them. Take them. He can't beat death, but he can beat death in life sometimes. The more often you learn to do it, the more light there will be. Your life is your life. Know it while you have it. You are marvelous. The gods wait to delight in you. I guess the other reason that people are on my case to some degree is because I have made a strong case, which I think is fully documented by the scientific literature, that there are intrinsic differences, say, between men and women. And I think the evidence in that, this is the thing that staggered me, is that 
No serious scientists have debated that for like four decades. It's That argument was done by the time I went to graduate school. Everyone knew that human beings were not a blank slate, that biological forces not parameterized the way that we thought and, and felt and acted and, and, and valued. Everyone knew that. The fact that this has become somehow debatable again is just especially because it's being done by legislative fiat. They're forcing it. We were talking about the relatively, the relative evolutionary roles of men and women. This is speculative, obviously. And, and because our research did indicate, it's tentative research so far, that, that the, the, the SGS, SJW sort of equality above all else philosophy is more prevalent among women. It's predicted by the personality factors that are more common among women. So agreeableness and high negative emotion. Primarily agreeableness. But in addition, it's also predicted by being female. And so I've been thinking about that a lot. Because, well, men are bailing out of the humanities like mad. And pretty much out of the universities except for STEM. The women are moving in like mad. And they're also moving into the political sphere like mad. And this is new, right? We've never had this happen before, and we do, know, know, do not know what the significance of it is. It's only 50 years old. And so we were thinking about this. And So I don't know what you think about this proposition, but imagine that, that, that historically speaking, it's something like women were responsible for distribution and men were responsible for production. Something like that. And maybe, maybe that's only the case really in the tight confines of the immediate family, but that doesn't matter because that's most of the evolutionary landscape for human beings anyways. What the women does did was make sure that everybody got enough. Okay, and that seems to me to be one of the things that's driving, at least in part, the SJW demand for, for equity and equality. It's like, let's make sure everybody has enough. It's like, well, look, fair enough, you know, I mean, you, you can't, you can't argue with that. But there's, there's an antipathy between that and the, the reality of differential productivity, you know, because people really do differ in their productivity. I think that the SJW phenomenon is different. I, I think it is associated, at least in part, with the rise of women to political power. And, and we don't know what women are like when they have political power, because they've never had it. I mean, there's been queens, obviously, and that sort of thing. Female authority figures, and females have wielded far more power historically than feminists generally like to admit. This is a different thing. We don't know what, what a truly female political philosophy would be like, but it might be, especially if it's not been well examined and it isn't very sophisticated conceptually, it could easily be, well, let's make sure things are distributed equally. I always tell people, you know, the people around you, they don't want, like, presence, like things, you know, we, we think they want things, you know, what, what they want is presence. Your full dance of energy right now with them, right here. That's presence. Being here now, but being here now in reverence and positivity. What people want from us is presence. That full engagement in the minute where, where we're having that dance of energy between us that is positive and reverential. Meaning we have reverence for each other. We have reverence for our lives. And I'll tell you what, if all you got from this entire session today was like, you know what? I need to start showing up for my family, for my team, in the ways that I serve with more presence that is a dance with the energy of the moment and that is positive and that has real reverence. I'm telling you what, that's what life's about. Self-mastery to me, from what I've learned from our high performance studies, is full engagement 
It's joy. It's confidence. It's a positive range of our psychology that makes us have reverence for the moment. So now we can dance together. It's it's an attitude. It's a way I'm engaging in the moment. It's a presence. I'm saying number one, let's begin your planning process with reverence. There is serendipity going on here. There's coincidence going on here. There's blessings going on here. There is literal purpose happening right here, four feet from me in that lens with you. There is a reason that you are here. And if you can connect with that every day, I got up this morning exhausted from shooting last night. And I thought, wait, put my feet on the ground like Wayne Dyer told me to do. Said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I get to practice my purpose today. I get to live in purpose. I get to show up in purpose. I get to trust that there is an absolute reason that this day is happening. That there is a, 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 a knowledge, a force, an energy, something beyond me that has lined up all of the cards, all of the dominoes, that you and I are here today. Self-analyzing. The first thing to analyze is your periods of greatest productivity throughout the day. If you are a morning person who wakes up early, ready to start the day, that is the best time to do your creative work. You can get more done when you're at your best. Some people are night people, fuzzy in the morning, late to get started, but alert and awake long into the evening. If that's the way you are, then this is the best time to pack in the activity and creativity. The key is to find your best time and use it to its fullest. Next, analyze your habits. If, for example, you're not good at keeping records, get someone to do it for you. If you have promised yourself that you're going to keep your records or balance your checkbook, and this has been going on for a few years, it looks like you aren't that kind of person. Nor are you likely to become that kind of person. You may say, no, I'm really going to do it this time. Hey, I would suggest that a few years is long enough. Don't promise yourself anymore. Just say, maybe the smart thing to do is to get someone to do this and make me look good. You would be surprised at how often you can remain a lot like you are in many areas if you will just make the arrangement to have it covered. 